0: Hello, hello and good morning from where you're listening from. It's my hope and prayer God has kept you in good health and faith. In today's sermon, I will be talking of Strong, which is our church theme for the year. And it's drawn from 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1, which says that You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I shall be looking at it from the character Elijah who was among those that David describes in his Psalms in Psalm 69 verse 9 where he says that For zeal for your house consumes me and the insults of those who insult you fall on me. This also described Elijah Uh, when Jesus was with his disciples and they asked him of when the end time will be. Jesus himself answers and says he doesn't know but only the father but gives them signs as to how to know it is near in Matthew chapter 24 and also signs to show that it has come in Matthew like in Matthew 24 uh, 27 to 28 it says this for as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west so will be the coming of the son of man. Wherever there is a carcass, there the vouchers will gather. (coughs) And this signifies it will be vivid to each and every person and no need to be told. You yourself will see it. Uh, Even with these answers, it was still ambiguous given that Daniel the prophet writes of the vision shown to him by God as per to the end times in Daniel uh, 12. And he too, when he asked, God tells him in Daniel uh, 12, 8 to 9, I heard, but I did not understand, that is Daniel. So I asked, My Lord, what will be the outcome of all this? He replied, Go your way, Daniel, because the words are closed up and sealed until the times of the end. You see, this was a conflict that disturbed many and Jesus sheds more light to his servant John in Revelation and he starts by giving warnings to churches, then we are told of the seven seals. All these were to prepare us to know in which times we are in. Then in Revelation 11, he tells him of the two witnesses which which were to come. It says this uh, from verses verses 3, and I'll read until the verse 14, which says this, And I will give the power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy for 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. If anyone tries to harm them, Fire comes from their mouths and devours the enemy. This is how anyone who wants to harm them must die. Then these men have power to shut up the sky so that it will not rain during the time they are prophesying and they have power to turn the waters into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they want. Now when they have finished their testimony, the beast that comes up from the abyss will attack them and overpower and kill them. Their bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which is figuratively called Sodom and Egypt, where also their Lord was crucified. For three and a half days, men from every people, tribe, language and nation will gaze on their bodies and refuse them burial. The inhabitants of the earth will gloat over them and will celebrate by sending each other gifts, because these two prophets had tormented those who live on earth. But after the three and a half days, a breath of life from God entered them, and they stood on their feet and terror struck those who saw them. Then they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here. And they went up to heaven in a cloud, while there Enemies looked on. At that very hour, there was a severe earthquake and a tenth of the city collapsed. Seven thousand people were killed in the earthquake, and the survivors were terrified and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second war has passed, the third war is coming soon. You see, this verse gives the clarity and answers the question that though we've experienced the plague talked of with with the seals up to the fourth one, with the recent being COVID-19 that shook the earth. Yes, we are living in the end times, but this is not the end time. So no one should manipulate or lie that the end has come. Yes, it is near. More clearer than ever, but not yet. Why? Because just as read in Revelation 11, the two witnesses, haven't come yet, there were news and uh, the current SITAM uh, uh, Bishop even showed us a video of how the number 666 is being implemented in countries like Sweden, uh, where we saw that you can't uh, buy or offer service or uh, demand for service without a chip installed in you. This are signs of the end times but there is still more to come. The witnesses described, as you, we've read in Revelation 11.6, they will have power to shut up heaven so that it does not rain, and power to turn water into blood. These characters are directly associated with Elijah, who spoke, prof, who spoke prophesying that it won't rain for three years, and it was so and Moses, who turned the Nile River into blood during the plagues uh, the in, in Exodus when they were moving from Egypt. Uh, this shows the importance of these two prophets, even in their role to make us know when the end time is approaching. That takes me back to the book of 1 Kings from chapters 17 to chapters 22 and uh, 2 Kings, the first chapter, where the story of Elijah is found. He was God's prophet during the reign of the most wicked king, King Ahab, with his accomplice wife called Jezebel, and had filled the whole of Israel with idol worship. And this was a detestable thing to God. And so he sends Elijah to warn them. And Elijah strategizes by commanding it, not to reign in the face of King Ahab, so that the message could be clear as to who sent him. Uh, This earns him enmity with Ahab, and due to fear, he runs to hide in Kerith Ravine, uh, probably a cave, and God orders Ravine to feed him. But uh, some time later, the water dries, and he orders, he... He is ordered by God to go to a house of a widow in Zarephath. And while there, the widow, though the country was hit by famine, she never lacks. And this shows the importance of welcoming men of God. God then commanded him to go and show himself to King Ahab. And uh, coincidentally, due to the severeness of the drought, Ahab was up in arms to find Elijah because he saw him as the reason as to why they were suffering and even calls him troubler of Israel. Elijah then commands Ahab to bring prophets of Baal to contest so as to know who is the true God through sacrifice. Elijah's Elijah's sacrifice passes the test and he orders that the prophet of Baal be killed. This act made him brush shoulders with Queen Jezebel, who vowed not to rest till he sees his head uh, disconnected from his head, uh, uh, his neck dis- disconnected from his head, despite the rain falling and famine uh, stopping. Uh, with this, Elijah becomes terrified and rushed to hide in a cave. And while there, if you allow me to read in 1 Kings chapter 19, I read from verse 3. It says this, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life when uh, he came to Beersheba in Judah. He left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the desert. He came to a broom tree, sat under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, I am no better than my ancestors'. Then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night, and the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountains in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said to him, Go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael king over Aram, also anoint Jehu son of Nimshi king over Israel, and anoint Elisha son of Shaphat from abel Meholah to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escaped the sword of Hazael, and Elisha will put to death any who escaped the sword of Jehu. Yet... I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all those, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and all whose mouths have not kissed him. You see the event here? God is testing him to see his strength and affirms he is strong because he doesn't budge despite the strong wind, the earthquake, or the fire. As for Elijah, he thinks he is the only surviving prophet and thinks maybe his execution will be more severe, but God doesn't see that. Instead, he strengthens him with food, then gives him an assignment. I love this because this plays out when Ahaziah, Ahab's sons, took power, and he was hurt during war, and he consults Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, rather than God, and Elijah sends him a message to sends message to him in Second Kings 1 as the, as the messengers are going to the god of uh, baal uh, is uh, He says this, Is it because there is no god in Israel that you are going off to consult baal the god of Akron? Therefore, this is what the Lord says, You will not leave the bed you are lying on. You will die. King Azia hears of this, And after inquiring, he finds out it is Elijah and sends band of his army by the first and second were devoured by fire at Elijah's command. And when the third uh, band approach him with utmost respect, he goes with them boldly, without fear, to the king and delivers the message. This shows a change. A a new perspective of how he viewed himself. A new strength in tackling his affairs. This should speak to us. We shouldn't see ourselves as per our situation, but see ourselves as, as God sees us. Not defeated, not in desperation, not oppressed, not ill, not poor, not depressed and the likes. We should know that the power that resides within us is not of timidity, nor of fear, but one that is able to trample over scorpions and snakes. I command you to use this to the occasion and rise up and be strong in the Lord. You are born to overcome. Thank you, and may God bless you even as you share my sermons. Amen.